Welcome back to Shnai Mikra, the OU podcast series on Parshat HaShavua. This is Menachem Leibtag, and in today's show we study Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah, beginning with Paragimel, the beginning of chapter 3 in Sefer Bamidbar. Pasuk Aleph, Ve'ele todot Aronu Moshe, Ve'yom diber Adonai et Moshe bahar Sinai. What's going to follow will be the generations of the children of Aaron and Moshe on the day that God spoke to Moshe on Mount Sinai. This opening line is worded in a very strange manner. We're going to follow now the genealogies of both Moshe and Aaron. We're only going to find now the children of Aaron. The children of Moshe will not be mentioned. The technical reason for this, as Rashbam points out, is because only the children of Aaron are Kohanim, and Moshe's children will be counted together with the tribe of Levi, as is detailed in the book of Divrei Hayamim. Nonetheless, it's very striking that Moshe Rabbeinu's children themselves are not mentioned, but when we introduce the Kohanim, we mention them as the children of Aaron and Moshe. Rashi points out that even though these are not technically Moshe's children, because Moshe taught them Torah, someone who teaches someone else's child Torah has almost a status like being their father. What leads Rashi to that conclusion is not only the lack of Moshe Rabbeinu's children in this pasuk, but also the second half of the pasuk, the Yom Dibera Shemet Moshe Bahar Sinai, these are the Toledot of Aaron and Moshe on the day that God spoke to Moshe on Mount Sinai. What did God speak to Moshe about? About the Torah. And Moshe taught that Torah, especially he taught many laws specifically to the children of Aaron, as we saw in Sefer Vayikra. Therefore, we consider Moshe Rabbeinu as the father of the tribe of the Kohanim as well. Pasik Bet, the these are the names of the children of Aaron, Habachor, the firstborn, Nadav, and then Ba'avihu, Elazar, Vitamar. These are the names of the children of Aaron who were anointed and hence designated to serve as Kohanim in the Mishkan. They were the ones who were taught and prepared to serve in the Mishkan as we saw in Parshat Tetzaveh. However, in Pasek Nalad, Unfortunately, Nadav and Abihu died in front of God. When they brought a foreign fire, as we studied in Parshat Shmini, in front of God in the desert of Sinai, after the Mishkan was built on the day of that dedication. Again, as detailed in Parshat Shmini, And when they died, they had no sons to take over for them. And therefore, Vaychahin Elazar Vitamar Apnei Aron Avihem, Aron and Itamar were the only two remaining sons, and they served as Kohanim. Now that we counted who were the Kohanim at the time, now we continue with Pasakei, with the charge to the tribe of Levi. Vaydamer Adonai Moshe Lemor. God now speaks to Moshe saying, Hakrev et Matelevi, Vamaratauto Lifne Aron Hakohen, Vishertuoto. Bring closer to you the tribe of Levi. And stand them up in front of Aaron, the priest, and they will serve him. V'shomrut mishmarto, they will watch his guard. That mishmert kol la'avod et avodat hamishkan. They have to watch his guard. In other words, help Aaron Kohen in administrating the mishkan, and also to take care of all the needs of the entire congregation as they come close to God to bring korbanot and to pray. They're going to organize who comes and when they come, and how they bring their korbanot. And they will serve God in front of the Oham Mo'ed to do all the work that's necessary for the Mishkan. What will they guard? The Shamru et Kokle Oham Mo'ed. They have to guard and take care of all the vessels of the Oham Mo'ed. 
the Shulchan, the Menorah, the Aron, etc., that Mishmerit Bnei Israel and all the guard that Bnei Israel has to be careful of, Lavot et Avodat HaMishkan, to do all the work that's necessary in assembling the Mishkan, guarding it, taking it apart when they travel, and taking care of all of its various functions. Pasuk Tet, V'natata et HaLavim Laron Levanav, you should give or appoint a Levim to work under the direction of Aaron and his sons. Nitunim, nitunim heimalo me'et b'nei Israel. I'm giving them to him, to Aaron, from the people of Israel. They're going to now serve the Kohanim. Pasuk Yod, vet Aaron vet banav tifkod. Aaron and his sons, you must charge. Here the word tifkod means much more than just to count. Like we saw before, it means to charge them with their job and responsibilities. And even though the Fkod, the Pkudim that we mentioned, seems to be simply a count to the people, as we explained in our first year, the census that we're taking is also a charge for every person to know their job and understand the responsibility. The responsibility of the Kohanim is even higher than that of the other tribes. Therefore, God emphasizes to Moshe that he has to charge Aaron and his sons, the Shamru et Kuhunatam, they have to guard their priesthood and make sure to do their work in a proper manner. And they are not allowed anyone else to come and do the work that only Kohanim can do. And a foreigner, someone who's not a Kohen, who comes close to do this service, he should be executed or put to death. Just like we saw in relation to Mount Sinai in chapter 19, as Ramban again pointed out in his introduction to Sefer Bamidbar. Now we conclude with one last command to Moshe. God now reminds Moshe that I have taken the Levites from the people of Israel. God is saying, these Levim are replacing the firstborn because it seemed that God's original plan was that every family would have someone representing God within the family. Hence, God said when we left Egypt, set aside for me or designate for me every firstborn in the family, and they would serve me to teach my Torah, maybe bring the Korbanot, the same job that later on the Kohanim and the Levim take over. And now, these Levim are going to take over the job that was originally set aside for the firstborn. Why? All the firstborn belong to me. When I smote the firstborn in the land of Egypt, then I sanctified for me and set aside for me all the firstborn of Israel, both man and animal, they were for me, I am God. Now God is saying, even though this job was originally set aside for the firstborn, now I'm going to give it to the tribe of Levi. Rashi points out, and all the other commentators, based on chapter 10 in Sefer Dvarim, after the story of the sin of the golden calf, there it says at that time, Moshe explains to the people, I set aside Sheva Levi to serve me in the Mishkan. It could be that the reason for this change in plan, why we switched from the firstborn to the Levites, was because of the incident of the sin of the golden calf. Or it could also be that the firstborn who came out of Egypt indeed belonged to God and they had to serve him. But only that generation were the firstborn indebted to God for being saved from the plague of the firstborn. But possibly, future generations, those firstborn who were born later on in the desert and later in the land of Israel, might not have that same obligation like those who were saved in the plague in Egypt itself. 
So that might be another reason why the tribe of Levi is getting this long-term job. But I think there's a, a deeper understanding here which relates to Jewish education. The tribe of Levi is being designated and separated to serve God, not only to bring korbanot and serve and guard the Mishkan, but as we see later on in Chumash and later on throughout Tanakh, it's their job to become the teachers and educators and judges and guidance counselors of the entire nation. Anyone involved with education knows how difficult it is to find good teachers in our school system and how difficult sometimes it is to find rabbis. The system that Chumash is beginning is a system where I'm guaranteed to have a core of educators and teachers, an entire tribe. One tribe out of 12 is going to be dedicated and have the exclusive responsibility of teaching the Torah and studying it and continuing that tradition from one generation to the next, not only working in the Mishkan, but also teaching the Torah. To make sure that they do their job, they're not given land when we conquer the land of Israel. As we're going to see, God is their nachala. Their nachala, their inheritance, will be God Himself and not the physical land. And at the end of Sefer Bamidbar, we're going to see how that tribe is going to be scattered among the different tribes in order that we have teachers in every tribe to teach the Torah. How are we going to pay them if they don't have land? Every tribe who owns land is going to be commanded to give a tithe, a 10% to the Levine to cover their expenses. So Chumash has a system of education built in to guarantee continuity of Jewish education. And the tribe of Levi is supposed to be the experts in that field. On the other hand, there was still an ideal that every family should be in charge of its own education. And every family should have somebody dedicated to studying Torah and passing that on. And that might have been the original plan for the firstborn. To this day, we have that same tension. Who is responsible for educating our children? Is it the school system that's replaced Shevet Levi? Or is the responsibility of Jewish education within the family? In an ideal setting, it should be done by the family, and hence the firstborn has that job. On a more practical level, this needs to be institutionalized, and hence the tribe of Levi has taken over that responsibility. And that might be the deeper meaning when we have what's called Pidyon B'chor, when we have a firstborn son, and we transfer that kedusha, that sanctity, we transfer that from the firstborn to the Kohen, may represent the idea that even though this responsibility begins with the family and every family needs to feel responsible for that education, we're transferring that responsibility to the tribe of Levi and hence we continue Jewish education not only at the family level but also on the national level with the institution of the tribe of Levi as the eternal carriers of the torch of Torah. In our next Aliyah, we'll continue our study and see how the Levim are counted and from what age.